annual chili cook-off. Everybody knows about that. Please sign up in the Connection Corner. They're needing, I think they've only got like one or two of the hot. So first and second place is taken real quick. So if you do that, if you do hot, bring hot. Anyway, it says that we just need more. The, the more we try, the better off everything is. Uh, also, if your child is serving in chili cook-off, uh, we need their names written down over here on a sign-up sheet so they can get credit for the time they put in working here. Also, 22 voter guys are up. Had somebody ask, what do we, how do we vote? Well, I can't tell you that. But I can tell you that you don't want to vote for somebody that murders babies. I can say that. That's my opinion. Uh, pay attention here. Mike Sadler, and we know they're leaving. So they're getting a get-together for him the 22nd at noon. That's on Saturday at noon. And they're going to have food and whatnot so you can come in and eat and visit for an hour or two. Uh, some of his friends from uh, Greater Love Ministries are going to be coming up. And so uh, try to make that and say goodbye to, to Mike for the shirt. It's going to be right here in the fellowship hall. Saturday coming up. That's not this Saturday, but next Saturday, right? Yep, okay. Uh, and then we'll get with you as far as what we're going to do food-wise. Also, I want to share, Ken Gobb called me today. If he didn't sound good today, he'd been to... Uh, Seattle to the to the specialist and looked at everything and they told him there he's about a month ahead of what they figured and he said that they said he had 126 breaks in his body from that accident his pelvis all the pieces and all the stuff and they didn't expect him to walk but the way the x-rays are looking they said that he's going to probably be up and going again well you know Ken he's only 86 I mean my goodness why would that bother him He's just a young kid. I told him he was 68. I said, I'm dyslexic. You're 68. And I could tell he didn't get it. So, so next time I'll repeat that. You're only 68. Anyway, he's doing good and he wanted to let everybody know. And he's, he's not wasting time. He's writing a book right now. He's writing a book on all the miracles that has happened in his life in, the, in all 50, 60 plus years of, of ministry. So that'll be good too. Title of the message. How many, first of all, how many of you feel like sometimes that the enemy is winning? Like, be honest. Well, the title of the message is what you need to tell him. I am not impressed. I'll never forget Smith Wigglesworth shared in one of his books that he was laying in bed and he felt like, he felt the presence that the evil was there and he looked over and the devil was standing in the corner of his room and he said, oh, it's just you and he just pulled the cover over his head and went back to sleep. That's how we got to get. We can't be impressed by what he's trying to do. And I'll, I'm going to walk through a little bit of that. First Peter 5, 8, it says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. I love the wording in that. Be vigilant. Be vigilant. What's it mean? Give strict attention. Pay attention to the tactics he's got. You know, lots of times we'll, we'll do things and not mean to do things and make room for him. But he can't touch you, folks. We've got to come to a place of recognizing we're, we're taken care of. And it goes on. It says the adversary, which is the, the, the enemy, the devil. And the Greek word in that is 
D-E-O-B-O-L-A-S, Diabolus, which means slander or liar accusing falsely. Everything he speaks to you about is a lie. Interesting how he uses condemnation a lot. And as I do my studying, I was telling Chris about it. And Chris said, well, you know what, you know what the definition of that really is, don't you? And I said, well, it, it's, it's feeling guilty about something you've done. He said, no, that's not even the definition of condemnation. The definition is that, that I'll read it just like it's, it's stated. Let me find it. Maybe it's on the other page. But the definition of condemnation is you not feeling who you really are or feeling inferior. Like if somebody's talking to you and, and talking down to you, that's what the devil does. And he makes you feel like that God's really not what God says he is. The word really doesn't work because it's not been working in my life. I'm not really getting healed because obviously I'm doing something wrong. And he's constantly, he's constantly lying to us about our life and our situation. And it says walking about. Literally, he's taking every opportunity he can to put stuff on you. And he can't take you out. But he likes to beat on you and beat on you. And when he finds a weak link in your life, and everybody's got it, he'll find that weak link where you lose your temper or where you, you just lose it, then that's the one he's going to work on and work on and work on and work on. But folks, listen, he's already defeated. And we've just got to let him know that we know. It's no different than I've been sharing about how much, how much we've really got in us Jesus came and walked the earth and showed us what we could be doing. You could heal the sick. You can cast out demons. You can deliver people. You can, you can speak life into people. But the enemy will come and say, no, it don't work. Or the enemy will come and say, no, it's too big. And you don't want to pray for them because everybody will know that it didn't work. That's how the enemy works in your life. I don't care who you are here. If you've got no hair or hair. He'll say you should have hair, and he'll say you shouldn't have any hair. That's what he does. You're, you're not any good in school. You walk funny. You look funny. Look in the mirror. I mean, he's always, he's always, he's always, listen, always seeking. We're seeking there, using every opportunity to devour and to destroy. All he does is roars. That's all he does. He has no authority over you, according to the word. That's been stripped to him. The authority he uses on you and I is most of the time what we say about ourselves. Then you've spoke it, and then he has authority. So we've got to recognize he, he you can't be impressed by what he's doing. He's, he, he's out to convince us that the word don't work. There's the definition there. Less than I really am is basically what that word means. He makes me feel less than I really am. Well, think about that. You are who? You are like Christ. You have the anointing that Christ has got. You've got the fullness of Christ in you, but yet he makes you feel less than in everything that he does and everything that goes on. Uh, some of you that are battling ongoing sickness, 
he beats and he beats and he beats and he beats and you actually hurt and you actually are in pain. So he uses that against you and he talks to you that you'll never get better. No doctors knows what they're talking about. They won't, they won't get the medicine for me. They won't do this and they won't do that. When in fact, we're the ones that need to be speaking life into our situation as well as everybody else's. Why? Because we shouldn't be impressed by his tactics because he's done the same thing for years. What did he do to Eve? He told Eve, you don't have it. Basically what she, he said, you don't have it. But she did have it. She had the fullness of God. Adam knew he had it. She was deceived because he said, eat that apple, then you'll have. You'll know evil and good. Deceit, deception, deception, deception. I, I love it. The Bible says he's the father of lies. So in that, just a short note, listen to your politicians and you'll know who their father is. We've balanced the budget. Really? So who's their father? That will help you vote. Right there. We have a right to kill a baby. Now we know who to vote because that person's father is Satan. He's the father of all lies. So if I'm a liar, I'm living in that arena and that's who my father is. I want to live in the father of light. That, that everything I hear and everything that goes on in my life, I try to follow the good. I try to follow that, that convicting of righteousness all the time. I try to follow that. Every Christian has, has an assignment against them. Did you know that? Seems like before we get born again, we're doing pretty good. Then the enemy attacks. Well, why? Because he wants to stop us. Interesting thing. He tries to turn every gift that God has placed in us around. For example, if you're one that, that speaks in the area of prophecy, you, you encourage people. You know, just to, to, walk, to talk in prophecy doesn't mean you're, you're prophesying over people. You're speaking right things in the gospel over people. But what's he do? He, he takes those that speak boldly in that and he turns it to gossip. He, he gets into the lives of those that are mercy motivated and they, they become basket cases emotionally. Instead of the mercy going toward people, they turn inside. Teacher turns into a know-it-all. I'm talking about what the enemy tries to do. A server, those that like to serve become selfish. It's funny how it is. Those that, those that walk in healing, he tries to make sick. Those that have faith, he tries to put on fear. COVID was a good example of that. Here we're all born-again Christians and we love the Lord and we trust him. And not one person in here counting me did not fold to some degree over this COVID thing. What if it was going to kill everybody? We can't walk in fear. We just have to walk in faith. We've got to walk. He's a liar. And we've got to recognize this, especially in this coming days of election. You've got to recognize, you've got to discern who's lying to you. You can't, you can't watch commercials and the news and expect to know what these people really believe. You've got to go to their source and what they're doing and find out. He is a liar, and he's trying to change everything. We've got to come to this place in it where, where 2 Corinthians 10, 4, and 5 says that our weapons are mighty in God for the pulling down of what? Strongholds. Well, what's a stronghold? A stronghold is what the enemy is talking to you and got you convinced. I'm having trouble with my wife. I'm having trouble with my husband. So what does the enemy do? 
He pounds on that and pounds on that and pounds on that. Instead of you speaking life into the problem, you hold a grudge. You hold unforgiveness. Well, why do you do that? Because the enemy don't want you to forgive. He wants you to carry that unforgiveness because he knows what that unforgiveness is going to do. I know a situation where something was said about somebody and the person took unforgiveness. And somebody tried to, to tell them, no, you can't do that. And they said, no. I'm going to walk in. I'm, I'm, I don't forgive them, basically, is what was said. Folks, who won? The devil did. How did he win? By deceiving us. You can't be impressed by these things. You've got to start doing what the Word says. What's the Word say? See, we, we, we're already, we already win. The Bible tells us that, that we, we've already been equipped. He says, you overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Well, what does that mean? Well, I've overcome by the blood of the Lamb because I've been made righteous because of the blood. I've been made in right standing with God in everything that I do. I've already been made that way. So I've got to recognize that's part of my life. That is the real me that I'm already made in right standing. No matter what I do or what happens in my life, I can't mess that up. I'm walking because of the blood of Jesus. It's all by grace. It's not by me. Now, I'm going to suffer consequences of things that I might do, but I'm still covered by the blood of Jesus. So you tell the enemy that when something comes up. No, wait a minute. I made a mistake, yes, but I'm okay. And then the word. Oh, my gosh, the word. The word's where it's at. You can have any situation in your life. I don't care what it is. And if you speak this word over it, it is going to run. When the enemy throws something at you, just, just tell him who he really is. Tell him who you really are. The Bible says in, in Mark eleven twenty three that if you speak to the mountain without doubt, it will be gone. You say, well, that sounds ridiculous. Oh, that's just, that's just talking about problems. Maybe it is, but if you really, 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 really had it like you've got your salvation, it would move because you've got the faith to move it. Jesus could move it, could he not? And so can you. We've got to get to that place of knowing what we've got and coming to that place of recognizing that I've got the word. Psalms 45.1 says, my tongue is a pen of a skilled writer. Everything I say should be writing life into my life and everybody around me. I should never stand around and gossip with my tongue. Life and death, the Bible says, is in the power of my tongue. There's so much power in that alone. We don't have to even look at any other scripture we don't want to. We've got the blood and we've got our words and we've got this word that we speak. And as we speak this word, it's like a two-edged sword. It cuts and divides the intents of everything around us, plus our own heart. As you read the Word and as you study the Word, it's, it's especially speaking it out loud, it's doing something supernatural in you. Even though it doesn't seem like it at times, it is changing your life. This is the most important book you can ever read in your life. And when you go from cover to cover, guess what you do? You start over. And you start over. I had one person tell me one time when I was working at the mines, yeah, I read the Bible one time. It didn't make no sense to me. I said, well, it didn't make sense because it wasn't written to you. Once you realize who it's written to, then you recognize everything in here is true. The Old Testament is, is foreshadowing of Christ. And then when I get in the New Testament, it's all about 
him, what he did for me, and everything's already accomplished. So you can go to the devil. I'm not impressed. You, you go outside and you have a flat tire in your car. I'm not impressed. Instead of losing it, now I'm talking about the way I used to be. Be underneath the car, working on something and bust my knuckles and blood running everywhere and I'll take that tool and I'd throw it across the floor. Well, now that's stupid. Now I gotta get out from under the car and get the tool. Now I go, I'm not impressed. There's no, see that maturity comes when you don't react to the lies. Maturity comes, Doc and I were talking about kids in the classrooms and stuff and some of the kids don't like this, some of the kids don't like that. Big deal. Set and get what you can get. My mother always said, I, I used to say, oh, mom, there's nothing going on at that church. I can see that look. And she would call me Ronnie Man. Ronnie Man, you can always get something out of it. And it's so true. The enemy is the one that's keeping me from getting what I should get. Come on. And none of us should, I mean... You mean you should make your kids come to church? Yes. You're training them up. You think this is going to be hard? Wait till they get out in the world. And they got a boss they don't like. They got somebody they got to work with they don't like. Do you quit? Many do now. But what we do, a Christian doesn't get affected by the surroundings. A Christian that will stand and walk in the it, not impressed because it's the enemy. It's, n it's not the person. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers. It's the spirit realm around us that's trying to, to take us away from the truth of what God is. We should never, ever be affected by anybody. You know, we have a hurt. We, we, we may get hurt, but that hurt can't go any farther than just, oh, I, I wish that wouldn't have happened. I wish they wouldn't have said that. And you let it go. And you don't take it to somebody else and continue being part of what the devil's plan is. You, you cut it off before it is, and you go, I'm not impressed. I don't, I, I, yeah, they hurt me, but we don't know their life. We don't know their situation. We don't know what they're living in. We don't know what's taking place. We're not supposed to get involved in that. We're supposed to just trust you and, and come to a place of knowing you've got it. Ephesians 6.13, I, I love this set of scriptures. I want to go there. Ephesians 6.13, I want to read. Give me a minute. Ephesians 6.13. It says, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand therefore having gird your waist with truth. Well, now, if I'm not going to be intimidated by anything that the devil does, I've got to recognize these scriptures. It says, it says, Gird your waist with the truth. Well, that's the truth of the Word of God. That holds everything, and it holds my pants up. Especially this pair of pants are too big. The, the truth, which is really the reality of life. The truth really means reality in this. The reality is God's got your number. God's got you. God's going to take care of you. So we stand when somebody offends us, somebody hurts us, something doesn't go right, we just stand knowing that God's already seen it and already got it. He's going to take care of it. That's, that's the truth. 
He's going to come to the place of taking care of you. Then it goes on and it says to put on the breastplate of righteousness. Well, what's that mean? That means you know you're in right standing with God and the devil's not going to convince you any other way. Well, pastor, why are you going over these? Because this is what you do when the enemy comes after you. Actually, you should be getting up every morning and just walking through this in your own mind. I'm, I'm righteous. I'm okay. Then it says to, to shod your feet with the preparation of peace. Well, what's that mean? That means walk in the peace of God. You don't walk in your emotions. If you're walking in your emotions, anybody out here, you're going to have a bad time. Because you may get up in a good mood, but something's going to happen that's going to affect your peace. If you let it, you don't have to let it. If everybody would just be kind to everybody, wouldn't what a world this would be. Could you imagine? But it says to, to walk in that peace and know that peace. Well, why am I saying this? Because I'm not impressed by what he's trying to do on a daily basis. Uh, for some reason, however I'm sleeping now, I wake up with one of my hands asleep. Anybody? And, and the alarm went off this morning. I reached over. And, I couldn't even pick it up. Well, the enemy immediately shoots things at you like, oh, you're going to be crippled for life. I'm going, die, and the hand's just asleep. And I just shook it off and picked it up then. But that's how he starts, and he lies about everything in your life. I, got, I know there's people here that, that's got neuropathy in their feet. Painful, painful. But we got to start speaking. We got to do what we can do. We got to get the medicine it takes until we get over it. We, got, we, we don't let the enemy say, you're going to be crippled, you're going to be in a wheelchair, because that's what the enemy says all of the time about our life. And it goes on and it says, the shield of faith. Well, what's a shield of faith? That's knowing that every fiery dart that the enemy shoots at you, it's covered. I love when the definition, whenever you look into the, the Greek, the, the shield that they held actually was leather and was soaked with water before they went into battle, so every fiery dart that hit it would go out. Every day, we have things said about us and said against us. Every day, you just got to go. <sighs> and I have my days where I just lay my head on the desk and go, oh, this ain't worth it. But it is. Because I'm, I'm getting defeated when I do that. That don't mean you don't have, we all get there. But you just can't leave your head on the desk very long. You got to pick it up and go, now wait a minute. I was called to this position. I was called to this job. I was called to do this. He's going to equip me. The Bible says he's going to equip me. Why don't I just trust him in faith? Because faith was everything that. I don't care where you're working or what's going on. You know, sometimes you don't have authority to change things, but you can still endure. And you can look for something else. Lots of times people will go to churches and not like what's going on. And they'll complain and complain and complain. You don't. That, that person doesn't have the authority to change what's going on in that place. Like if I, if I would go over to TG and work, and I didn't like the way they ran it, you think they care? I don't have any authority to change anything, so what good's going to be for the enemy to use me to talk against where I'm at? My best thing is just to leave quietly and find some place where I'm happy. That these are all tactics that the enemy uses. But see, if I stand in faith, I know God's got me, and I know things are being said and done, I'm okay. I'm just going to stand here and trust. Why? Because he tells me to. And then he says, get out the sword of the Spirit. Well, what's the sword of the Spirit? 
That's the word. And then we go back to using our tongue. That's our word. And we quote the scripture. We go into the scriptures that says, no, nothing will harm us. We go into the scripture that says, he never leaves me or forsakes. We go into the scripture that says, by the stripes of Jesus we're healed. We go into all these scriptures and we just speak them over our lives and we trust because he is our comforter and he will take care. I'm amazed. Ken said to me, he said, I'm writing this book, da 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 and he said, about miracles. He said, I know you've had some. Why don't you write some of those down and send them to me? And I got to thinking, I have had miracle after miracle after, I, I mean, Connie died twice before she finally decided to go. Rose above her bed and looked down at us around her. That's a miracle that she come back. And the list goes on and on. Think about the times your, maybe your kids fell and you've seen them falling toward the end table and all of a sudden they just, their head just moved. I can go on and go on. How'd that happen? He's taking care of us. You say, well, what about the ones where, you know, for example, uh, so sad you may not have heard about it, the little two-month-old and the little five-year-old and the mother got mauled by pit bulls. The two babies died and the mother's just scarred all over. You say, well, how'd this happen? That's part of life. Well, did God do it? No. I don't know the whole situation. I don't know if maybe the dogs were trained to be, I don't know, because they're pit bulls. But fact is, well, these things happen in life. We're in a cursed world. But I promise you, the only thing that's going to get the husband and the mother through this is going to be God. Because he's the answer. Well, these kids shouldn't have died. Well, I agree with that. But they did. We're in a cursed world. We have people that die in car wrecks all the time. We have people die in plane wrecks all the time. That's life. But he's the only answer because the enemy will take those situations and say you shouldn't. Can you imagine what the father's going through? You shouldn't have had those dogs. What the enemy's going to say. And we don't know what happened. They had the dogs for eight years. And they weren't, I don't think, Cardinal, what I've read, they, they weren't trained. They were, they were in the house and just friendly and something happened. Well, Why? Well, I don't know why, because I'm, I'm not up here watching the whole parade, and God is. So we've got to be at the place of standing in faith and trusting that God's got this and know that this word's the only answer to walk through this. John losing his eye. Oh, horrible. Well, why did it happen? It was an accident. We're in a cursed world. But I guarantee you. Now, you're not ready to see it yet, but I guarantee you down the road, you're going to go, there's been so many blessings because of it. I lost two grandkids and a daughter-in-law, but I can't even, I couldn't write a book on the amount of blessings in the last 13 years. You say, well, Pastor, that sounds terrible. I'm sorry, it's the truth. Why? Because we stood on this. I'm trying to help somebody. Things happen in our lives. This is the only one that's going to pull you through it. I guarantee you. He's got the answer. He's got it right there. And we stand on that. Then the last part of that, uh, Ephesians there in 6, it says to pray always. That's not hard. Just be a thankful person. That's a prayer. Lord, thank you for this. Lord, thank you for that. And what you're doing is you're standing in faith. Lord, thank you that this is coming in my life. Lord, thank you that I'm not going to get this. Lord, thank you that I'm, my needs are met. That's all faith. That's all faith, but that's, all, that's also giving him praise because you know and you trust that he's going to take care of you. Weep. We're made to be victorious. 
And we need to start telling the devil, get out of my house. Leave me alone. Everything's going to be okay. John or Jeremiah 1.12 says, I will watch over my word to perform it. We don't preach on that enough. We have all, everybody here have got angels all around about us wanting to go to work and so many of them are on unemployment. Because we don't ask them to help us. They're just, they're like, okay, you want to do this yourself? Go ahead, but I got a heavenly father that sure would like to help you out. He sure would. So we, we ask. Romans eight twenty eight. all things work together for the good of those who love God. We all love God. So that means when the devil tries to throw something at me, I'm going to go, give me your best shot, bud. You say, well, I wouldn't say that to the devil. Why not? He's going to, but he just don't have the power to do it. We have to fight back with what we've got. We've got to fight back trusting him. We've got to fight back with the word of God. We've got to fight back by speaking positive truth light over every situation in our life. I don't care what's going on with your body, what's going on in your life. You speak over it. You encourage your body to grow up and do what it's supposed to do. You encourage your hair to grow if you want it to grow. It's been given to you. Quit grinning at me, Greg. But it's the truth. I mean, about everything in our life, you say, well, what if it don't happen? But what if it does? The word's powerful. The word's powerful. In 1 Corinthians 16, 13, he was exhorting to the people about coming and visiting. And he said, now the enemy's coming. And he said, watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave, and be strong. And I just want to encourage you tonight. Whatever comes your way, just tell the enemy, get out of here. I am not going to lose my temper. I'm not going to get mad at my wife. I'm going to forgive her all the time. I'm not going to get mad at my husband. I'm going to forgive them all the time. Why do, why do you want to get this upset about something you can't fix? He's got to fix it all anyway. So just come to the place of just enjoying each other and, and relaxing with each other and having fun. Why live in a turmoil mess and you're causing it? Live in a place of peace by knowing that it's just the enemy trying to get you and just tell him I'm not impressed I'm okay let's all stand up father we thank you you have done everything for us and we know it we just need to be reminded over and over and over to stand strong in you and trust in you and everything goes on in our life and father I speak to everybody in here today that's walking in any type of sickness any type of disease anything right now, Father, that is affecting their, their walk with you. And I speak life into that situation right now, Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, we know that we know that we know you have given us authority over the enemy. We bind every adversary that's trying to attack families, marriages, or health. And we speak life to that person right now, Father. And we thank you. We're going to see results. And we give you all the praise tonight, Father, because we are overcomers because of you. And we thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. You got about 10 minutes to visit.